Hey, good morning, everyone. How are we doing? Yeah? All right, y'all can do better than that. How are we doing this morning? Are you in love with Jesus today? I love it. Thank you guys so much for being here today, everyone tuning in online. Thank you for joining us online. If you will, take a second. And as always, remember to like and share the live stream so we can reach as many people as we possibly can and here in-house. If you want to hop on and share the live stream, you're more than welcome to. Just watch the volume on that phone. And speaking of phones, if you haven't yet today, make sure that you turn those ringers off so that we don't have any crazy interruptions uh, in the service. We thank you in advance for doing all of that. My goodness, two weeks now into 2022. I'm still not used to saying, are y'all used to saying that yet? 2022. I still want to say the year 2000, like 2010. What happened? 2010, 2012, 2004. It all just blinked away. Now we're in the 20s. 20, 21, 22 is crazy. Um, And uh, man, I tell you, it takes me forever to get used to like putting that on paperwork too. For the first month or so, I'm always putting like the wrong date on the paperwork and all that stuff. So uh, we'll just all get used to it together. Thank y'all for being here today. I'm I'm so excited that y'all are here. It has been a crazy couple of weeks for us personally as a church, uh, because if you look around, we we have got literally like 16 or 17 families right now that are either, they've got uh, multiple people sick in their families. And so uh, we've been loving on them and praying for them and serving them with meals and foods. And we've had a lot of people injured the last couple of weeks. I just, I told, I was joking with CJ Varney who oversees the care ministry of our church. And I said, let's just start telling everyone at Eastgate to lock themselves up in their house and put like the blood of the lamb on their doorpost so that we can avoid <laughs> whatever's going on out there. There's a lot of people sick in our uh, county right now and in this region from flu, uh, just colds. There's a weird sinus thing going around right now just because of the change in weather and the mold that's in the leaves that are on the ground right now. And a lot of people are getting worn out with that. And then there's an upswing of COVID again. Newsflash, it's cold weather. Viruses thrive in the cold, but the fluctuating uh, summer fall, winter, sometimes in the same week here in Georgia, which is nothing new, but it's, it's messing with a lot of people. So I say all that to say, hey, let's continue to pray for the people in our church. Let's continue to pray for healing over the people in our church. Amen. And let's continue to pray for healing over people in our county. I'm so proud of Pastor Jeremy leading worship this morning. I don't know if you heard his voice was doing some crazy stuff. That's because he literally almost has no voice today uh, because allergies are just messing with him. But our other worship leader, Sharina Varney, is out today because she decided to act like she was 18 and go skating and she, she broke her ankle. So I, know, I know you're watching right now, Sharina, say, we love you. You're missed today, and we hope you heal up and that you're back here uh, leading us in worship soon. But Jeremy had to cover all that by himself today with a struggling voice. So that's a trooper right there, man. He would rather worship God than look good in front of people, and he just yielded everything to him. I want to celebrate that because God can use that kind of stuff. Amen? I celebrate that. Um, and uh, I don't know about you, but I was feeling the presence of God in the place this morning. I love it. And uh, I love that you guys are back in service today. There's a lot more this week than we had last week as people are recovering. And we're stepping out of the holidays and getting into the rhythm of the year again. A whole year is laid out in front of us. Anything is possible. But you know what? December 1st, anything was possible too. 
November 1st, anything was possible too. I like the new year because it's kind of like a built-in motivation for us as people because it's like new year, things can change, we can set resolutions, and I'm all for it. I'm all for change. I'm all for having a growth plan. I'm all for making the most of times of like natural momentum in the year to get ready. A lot of people get real conscientious on their body like three weeks before summer, <laughs> try to lose like 800 pounds those last three weeks. And some people start now and we try to get ourselves in better health. One of my goals again this year is to continue to get myself and, and better health and, and get in shape and all that. I don't know if I'll see a six-pack anymore, but I'll settle for a two-pack. I'll settle for, I'll just settle for a flat board, uh, whatever. <laughs> but but it, it takes time to get there, man. I was doing so good in the fall and then the holidays hit and I gained back like half of what I lost. And I was like, it, it took like that to gain half of it back, but it took like forever to lose that stuff, you know? Um, there's always a process of growth, though, and it always takes longer to grow than it does to let it slip away. Amen. So if you're a guest here today, we want to say welcome to you. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, it's been a great Sunday to be here, especially if you are wanting to grow in your walk with God. Anybody here ready to walk to grow in your walk with God this morning? Man, I can't wait to see where God is going to take us as a church. And so the title of the message today in is the series is New Year, New Me. Today, the message is New Year, New Steps. Everybody say steps. Steps. Steps are key in accomplishing any goal that you have, whether it's health or whether it's professional goals to, to grow a business or to build the contact list or to build your network so that you can be more effective in what you're doing. Uh, steps, steps in growing children and educational goals that they may have or you may have for them that they don't realize the importance of yet. Uh, steps in getting your kids to keep their room clean this year so that you don't, oh, I felt God on that right now. It's, Rooms clean in every house this year. That would be a great resolution, right? That's one of the most unspiritual things I've ever No, that's very spiritual. If I don't have to step on a Lego, man, I mean, it will get me praying in the Holy Ghost, but not the way that I want to be praying in the Holy Ghost. You know what I mean? Um, so we got goals for that. My, my little, <laughs> little girl, Abby, my youngest one, she's just a little firecracker. Both my kids are. They're just full of personality. And uh, I was playing with them over the, the break, the, the holiday break, and we were running around and just playing all these games and chasing each other. And in the middle of it, man, she just whips around and looks at me. And she, I don't know where this comes from, but she got this attitude. She goes, Daddy, you need Jesus just like that. In the middle of the game, just stop. You need Jesus. And I was like, it's one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen my kid do. But on a deeper sense, that is a great goal for the year. Yeah. You know? See how I church that up in a heartbeat. That's if you know you're good at preaching when you can do something like that. Turn on a dime. See, but being more like Jesus, I think, is the great goal. Well, we can improve ourselves, and that's awesome. We can get better professionally, and that's great. But here's what I know. All of that stuff, if done correctly, flows out of growth in relationship with Jesus that's happening inside of us, okay? Uh, setting goals in our strength and setting goals in our wisdom is one thing, but it's capped off and it's limited. But if we take time to listen to God and move in his steps throughout the year, oh, that's a much better place to be in because now you're walking in his blessings and not your good ideas. 
Now you're walking through doors that he can open for you and not wasting your energy trying to make things happen out of your strength alone. So listening to God and doing what he says is key. Growth happens in steps. The New Year's, I think a lot of people have great goals, but we try to do too much too fast, and it overwhelms us. And a lot of people burn out in the process of growth because we put unrealistic expectations on ourselves. Have you ever had that happen before? You said, man, I feel like I should be growing faster than I am. I don't know why financially we're not hitting the goals that we want to hit in life right now. I don't, you know, you, unrealistic expectation bursts frustration. And frustration will exhaust you. Okay, accomplishing goals should bring joy to you shouldn't live in frustration trying to accomplish something in life. The motivation is right, then the frustration level drops. See what I'm saying? So unrealistic expectations, and I'm all for being aggressive, but at the end of the day, there's only so many hours in the day and so many things that we can do. So steps are key. Steps are critical. That's why you watch all these guys over 30 getting back in the gym, and they forget slow and steady wins the race. They get in there and start moving weight. They had moved since they were in high school because they done forgot they're not in high school anymore. And so they start blowing out elbows and knees and hamstrings or popping and slinging through the gym or around the house, you know. And we try to do too much too soon and we don't pace ourselves. So steps, everybody say steps. Yeah. Steps are important, but more importantly than laying out precise steps and goals to meet, it's more important to make sure that we're moving and growing in step with God's plan for our lives. So we're going to dive into this today and look at what's going to set us up best for success in life and, more importantly, success in our walk with God because everything's going to flow out of that. You guys ready to dive into this a little bit deeper today? All right. So Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to start there. And I love these blocks of scripture like this because they're great motivations and great reminders that we should all be growing, um, not just personally or professionally, but, but more importantly in our relationship with God and maturing into the spiritual person he's called us to be. Verse 14 says, then we will no longer be immature like children. See how tactful Paul is when he's writing that right there? It says, hey, hey, wouldn't it be an awesome goal if we weren't all immature like children? Wouldn't that be great if we were all at the place where we weren't that anymore? And then he says, we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. And we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. See, he's putting a connection here between being immature in your walk with God or not growing, I think there's, if you're not growing, I really think you immediately begin to decline back to a place of immaturity. You know, if you're not moving forward in your walk with God, the, the alternative is a lukewarm approach. But Jesus said, hey, if you're cold or lukewarm, you get the same thing. It disgusts him. You know, he's not all about that. But, but here, Paul says, if you're immature, you're open for deception and inconsistency in how you grow because you'll be blown about by every wind of new teaching that comes along. And you'll be easily influenced by people trying to trick you or um, 
with lies so clever they sound like the truth. You ever heard a lie that sounded like the truth before? You know, people say if you repeat a lie long enough that people will begin to accept it as the truth. Well, Paul's saying here, hey, if you're growing consistently spiritually, you get discernment. I'm kind of adding a little bit to this, but discernment comes so you're not easily picked away and inconsistent in these areas of your life. He sets up a contrast here. He says, instead, we will speak the truth in love. Listen to this phrase, growing in every way more and more like Christ. He sets a contrast between an immature lifestyle and a growing lifestyle, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Man, if I could have just a mission statement for this year, or a mission statement for my life, or you guys, would that not be the best thing ever? To grow in every way more and more like Christ. That would be awesome. That would be awesome to be able to do that. And here's the dividing line, okay? When we grow, as we move forward in our walk with God, what should happen is this. We should begin to become more and more like the pastor. No. More and more like your favorite podcaster. More and more like your favorite football coach. Now, to grow more and more like Christ. Not in some way, but in every way. That, that brings everything into focus. Okay, so everything in our process of growth and in our first steps as we move forward into this new year or any undertaking, the core motivation has got to be not to get rich, okay, not to get buff and stuff, not so that our biceps are shredded so much that they have abs, okay, which is a great goal, but, but the motivation of all of it when it comes down to it is that we want to be growing in our relationship with God so that we become more and more like Christ because that's what's going to matter most. All the other goals for achievement in this world are going to burn up. It's going to burn up. It's not going to last. The only thing that's going to matter, the only thing that's going to matter is us becoming more like Jesus and what we do for him while we're on this earth. And the two go hand in hand. So let me encourage you. Hey, as you're laying out goals and plans, and, and maybe it's just for the new year, or maybe you're, you're, you're wired like me. I love putting together growth plans. It's got to start with Jesus. Because if it's not with Jesus, the goals, the goals become the priorities and not your walk with God. And you'll become distracted and led away. Are you hearing me? You'll be, you'll be led away by what will eventually become idols in your life as you're pursuing them because you don't have a balanced foundation to motivate you properly as you go after these things. Have I, have I spent enough time on this already today? So, so Jesus has got to come first. He's got to come first in these steps that we're taking as we grow. But here's something I also know, is that not all steps mean change and growth. Not all steps mean change and growth. I see a lot of people who get real busy, and in seasons of my life, I've been real busy doing stuff, but it didn't produce anything. Real busy chasing things that didn't help me grow. So busyness does not mean that you're growing. Taking a bunch of steps, it might mean that you hit your 20,000 steps for the day if that's your goal, but did you really accomplish anything? 
while you were doing all the running around. I'll give you an example. If you look at the, the children of Israel as they were coming out of Egypt, this is you could just use this as so, for so many examples in life. God delivers them out of slavery in Egypt. Let my people go. Pharaoh, let them go. And they began this walk. Where were they headed? Where were they headed? God's plan was to deliver them from Egypt and take them to the promised land, right? Just over the banks of the Jordan River, the promised land, that land flowing with milk and honey, all that awesome stuff, all the fulfillment of the promise that he had given to Abraham, the fulfillment of the promise that he had spoken over them since that time. I'm delivering you from Egypt, and I'm taking you to the fulfillment of my promise to you. And they start this journey, and they step and step and step, and they walk all the way through this wilderness, and what should have been a few weeks' worth of travel ended up taking 40-plus years because they took a whole lot of steps, but they weren't growing. They weren't growing in the correct steps. Are you following me? And I'm thinking that a lot of times we can look at what they did and parallel it to our lives too and see what they did and how it interfered with them accomplishing what God wanted to accomplish in them because at the end of the day, only two people out of that generation made it into the promised land. It was Joshua and Caleb, everybody else died off within sight of it because of a few things. They were making progress and taking steps, but not all steps mean change and growth. You got to make sure that you're growing and changing. Look at what they did. As they were going out, God gave them a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day to guide them. You ever wondered why that happened? God was taking care of them. If you've ever walked through a desert, it gets hot during the day, doesn't it? So he gave them cloud cover so that they could walk and not be beaten up by the heat of the sun during the day. And at night in a desert, the temperature drops like that. So he had fire leading them at night to keep them warm during the cold as a constant sign in front of them that he was with them. And what did those jokers do? They murmured and complained and got negative the whole daggum journey. All they did was complain. Well, we're walking to the promised land. Yeah, it sure is taking a while. Moses, what did you do? Why aren't we there yet? Where are we going? I can't believe we're not there yet. I guess God let us out here just to die complaining the whole time, negative the whole time. God fed them with manna. How cool would that be to wake up and see the provision of God out there? All you had to do, you didn't have to easy bake nothing. You had to worry about starting a fire. You just pick it up, put it in your basket, go in and eat it. And after a while, they started complaining because they were tired of eating the food that God was providing for them complaining against leadership, complaining that things weren't ideal, complaining that things weren't happening in the way that they wanted. You know what they were? They were acting like immature children, complaining the entire time instead of growing like God intended for them to grow because not all steps mean growth and change in your life. I wonder if we could take a lesson from that, though, and look at how sometimes we're negative about aspects of our lives 
instead of being grateful and allowing God to work and change us so that we can step into his promise and his provision like he desires for us. I, I know this, as long as you're negative, as long as you grumble, as long as you complain, you know what you're doing, you are putting a lock on the heavens because if you look at scripture, there are very few things that set God off like somebody who complains all the time. And he said, okay, guys, y'all can complain all you want to, and you can have negative hearts all you want to instead of being grateful for what I've done for you. But until you learn to be grateful and trust me and allow me to grow you, you'll be able to see the promise and the provision, but you're not going to be able to step into it. How many times do we complain about the job that God has blessed us with instead of being grateful for the provision that he allows us to earn in our lives? How many times do we complain about the vehicle that we drive? Well, it's not brand new. I wish I had this new. But you're not using Pete and repeat to get where you need to go. So you ought to be grateful for God that you have a car to get you where you need to be. Amen. I wish my kids would just go to sleep and we get negative and complain about the blessing of God through our children. And we forget that we're supposed to be patient and help them grow. They're a blessing. They're a blessing. I know sometimes when those Legos are out, it doesn't seem like a blessing, but they're a blessing. We complain about family. We complain about friends. We complain about the weather. We complain about what's going on in Washington, what's happening at the local level. We're so negative. We're, we murmur too much. We complain too much. Maybe we should do a little shift in focus, and instead of complaining about what we don't like, we become grateful for what God has done in us because if you're grateful, it unlocks a window of blessing. And if you're grateful, listen, you don't get distracted from the things that you don't have. You praise God for what you do have. And at the end of the day, if we didn't have anything else, let me ask you a question. Isn't Jesus enough? Isn't Jesus enough? We're in the middle of cold weather right now. It's going to rain tonight. Probably all of us are going to go to a home or an apartment or a room in a house where we have some kind of shelter. Yeah. We're not out on the streets. I just don't like my kitchen. I swear to God, if I could just, if I could, better be grateful. You've got a roof over your head. You see what I'm saying? This complaining blinds you from where God is taking you. And if you lose the perspective of gratefulness, you will never step in to the promise because you won't allow God to grow you to the promise because you're too busy focusing on what you don't have negativity. And you know what else they were doing to the children of Israel? They played the victim card like nobody's business. They did. Stop and think. They were negative. They complained all the time. And they were victims when God brought them out of Egypt. You know, eventually those jokers said, you know what? We might as well just go back to Egypt. If this is what we're going to have, they didn't realize they were making their own bed. The situation they were in was their own fault. You know, if this is it, we're just going to go back to Egypt and be what we were before instead of trusting God to do what he said he was going to do. And then when they were there and they sent spies across the river into the promised land to see it, they saw giants. And these spies came back and they said, hey, there's giants over there. We can't beat them. We can't take them out. We looked like grasshoppers in their eyes, and we felt the same. <laughs> we, we're, we're way overmatched here. We can't do it. We don't have what it takes. This is too much for us. We might as well just settle for where we are right now because the deck is stacked against us. 
we're just going to be the way that we always were. And God's not going to be able to do anything through this situation or anything through us to glorify his name. They played the victim card. Played the victim card. Listen, and I get it. Stuff happens in life. Stuff happens in life. And sometimes life doesn't go the way that we want it to. I can get an amen on that, right? Sometimes life doesn't go the way that we want it to. And sometimes bad things happen to good people. And sometimes horrific and unspeakable things happen to good people. Because we live in a fallen world where sin is present. And this life isn't fair. Life isn't fair. But we all have to make a decision if we're going to play the victim card because of what life has thrown at us or if we're going to be grateful for what God has given us and refuse to stay the same and allow God to grow us one step at a time past the trauma and past the hurt and past the betrayal and past the disappointment and past the fact that we didn't have a dad or past the fact that we didn't have a mom or past the fact that they used to beat us or past the fact that we should have got the promotion but it went to somebody else i get it life is not fair but are you going to cry like a child for the rest of your life because things didn't go the way that you wanted them to go or are you going to rise up in faith and say the past is the past and today is a new day and I serve a God of new beginnings and that might have been what happened but it doesn't have to define what tomorrow holds for me so I'm not going to identify with what's happened to me I'm going to identify with everything that the word of God says that I am that I'm above only and not beneath that I'm the head and I'm not to tell that I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus, that I'm an heir and co-heir with Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter what people have spoken over me. That is not my identity. My identity is what the Word of God says that I am. I'm going to stand on that. Are you going to be a victim all of your life, or are you going to rise up into the person that Jesus died for you to be? I challenge you in the name of Jesus. Don't be a victim in life. Don't be a victim in life. Step out and let God grow you. It doesn't have to define you. And I know some of us in this room and some of us watching online, you've been through a lot. And I encourage you to look at Scripture. So was Joseph. So was Job. So was Jesus. Went through a lot. Went through a lot. But instead of being a victim, they allowed the glory of God to be seen through their circumstances. Okay? Nobody's exempt from hard times. But we do get to choose how we respond to it. And I want to challenge you to choose the right way. Why? Because we can't grow into who God wants us to be if we don't choose to have the right perspective. Okay? So not all steps mean change and growth, but they can. And here's something else I know that becoming like Christ... It's a process of growth. It's a process. Everybody say process. process. And we teach this a lot around here because it's just a reality. It's a process of growth. There's a lot that God does in you when you surrender your life to him. But there's a lot of room for growth between where you are today and who he's called you to be for eternity. Amen? It's a lot of growth. And, and for me too. But it's a process. It's a process one step at a time. It's a process. So I want to encourage you. Listen, don't get frustrated if you aren't where you want to be spiritually yet. Don't get frustrated if maybe you were going strong spiritually, 
and you've gone through a season where you've backed off the throttle just a little bit. It's a process. And the beautiful thing about processes are every step gives us the opportunity to make a new beginning and change our course. Amen? So I want to speak some life over you because a lot of times in churches, the spiritual expectation that's put on people far exceeds the level of spiritual maturity that they're at at the moment. And there's no room given to allow for growth or development. You're expected sometimes to be super Christian overnight. And, and I believe you can be powerful, and I believe you can live up here, but there are some things that you just have to grow in and grow through. So remember that it's a process, and give yourself a little bit of time to grow. You might be amazed at what God can do in and through you when you're not living in the expectation of God doing what you see him do in somebody else's life. He wants to do in you what he needs to do in you, okay? Angel is going to grow at a different rate than Eric. Dave Varney is going to grow at a different rate than Spencer, okay? We're going to grow at different rates because we all have different areas that we're growing in at different times. David Varney likes Ohio State. I don't understand. I don't understand. I've grown way past that. I like SEC football. See, I get it. You know, the national championship is tomorrow? Tomorrow. You know what? Let's pause here for a second. Who do we got in this game? If you got Alabama, let me hear you. Uh, <clears throat> hey, there's no cussing in church. Who's doing that over there? There's somebody yelling out of mm, my goodness. So who's got Georgia in this game? The Braves won a World Series. Can the dogs win a national title? Nope. <laughs> Somebody said, nope. <laughs> we will see. Pastor Josh, how does that fit in your message? Nowhere at all, really. But I just had to, we had to resolve that, I think. Get that. Hey, we'll see what happens. But listen, if your team wins or loses, I expect you to be in church the next Sunday because you either need to be praising God for a victory or getting comfort from the Holy Spirit because you got beat up, right? So, need to be in church. But it's all a process of growth. Look at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3. Starting at verse 1, it says, Brothers and sisters, oh boy, here, here goes Paul with all this love again. I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. Crazy. You know, if there had to be a definition of how you live your life, would you be defined as a person that lives by the Spirit or would you be defined as someone who is still worldly? See, and the difference is immaturity or growing in every way to be like Jesus. To be immature or to be mature. To be a spiritual person or to be worldly. And he says mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. I love that. Y'all ain't ready. Look, I'm just going to tell you straight up. You weren't ready, and you're still not ready. Okay? Um, indeed, you're still not ready. You are still worldly. Come on, Paul. Don't have a bone here. It says, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Listen to this line. Are you not acting like mere humans you know you're called to have more than a human existence on this earth 
And the way we do that is to live our life in such a way as to have a spiritual focus and not a worldly focus. He says you're not growing, and it's obvious because of how you're acting. And you're still in the kiddie pool when God wants to take you to deep waters. And Paul says, I'm, I, I, I am prohibited from teaching you at the level that I would like to because you're not ready for that level of teaching. You're not ready for the meat. If I were to give it to you, it would cause you to stumble and it would hurt you. Just like meat to a child would hurt the child. The child needs the milk in the beginning. And Paul says, I have to give you guys the spiritual milk because you're not ready for what I want to grow you into. I think too many times we as a church are guilty of becoming accustomed to spiritual milk instead of craving the deeper things of God. And I think that spiritually speaking, the process of growth and taking these steps that God wants us to take and who he's calling us to become, there are things that God wants to do in your life. And there are levels of anointing that God wants you to operate in. And there are blessings that God wants to pour out on your life. And there are doors that God wants to open for you. But you're not ready for it yet. We find ourselves not ready for those opportunities because we spend so much time here instead of allowing ourselves to be developed into who God is calling us to be one step at a time. So when he would want to open the door, we're not ready for the opportunity that he wants to give us. And he could give us the opportunity, but he doesn't because he knows that that blessing would be our demise because we're not strong enough or wise enough or spiritually mature enough to operate in it. And what would be a blessing on one level is a curse on the other because our pride and our arrogance and our immaturity causes us to misuse it and fall. I wonder, I wonder if all of the things that we're believing God for for this year, all of them, how many of you say legitimately, and I'll raise my hand on this, Pastor Josh, I am believing for God to do something powerful in my life, in my business, in my family, something, I'm believing God for something this year. How many of y'all would say that? There's a lot of us that would say that. I get that. Listen, me too. Me too. But a lot of times, whether or not we see the fruition of that desire, and a lot of times whether we see the actual manifestation of that promise in our lives that God has given us, listen, it's not dependent upon a time clock that he set. A lot of times it's dependent upon us refusing to grow or us choosing to grow. So let me encourage you this year, if you want to see those things happen, because listen, that blessing that you're believing God for comes with more responsibility. You hear me? And, and those new opportunities that you're believing God for, they come with extra work. And if you're not ready to keep the pace, it will destroy you. So focus on one step at a time. Are you hearing me this morning? One step at a time, allowing God to grow you and move you this year. And the beautiful thing is, if we're growing in God's timing and God's way with God's steps, we always get there. We always get there. Now here's something else I know. If it doesn't challenge you, it probably won't change you. I need another amen on that. Yeah, if it doesn't, 
If it doesn't challenge you, it probably won't change you. What does that mean? That I've never really seen anybody grow significantly in a comfort zone. Ever. Ever. Comfort zones and growth don't go well together. In fact, it's like oil and water. And this is what I know about God. God has a habit of putting us in situations where we're not comfortable ourselves so that we learn to be dependent upon him and not reliant upon us. Oh, that's way too quiet in the house this morning. You understand what I'm saying? He'll put you in a place like that. And so this year is going to be a year as we take steps where you're going to be uncomfortable, where things are not going to, listen, man, it, it is probably not going to be comfortable finally forgiving the person that you need to forgive. But on the other side of it, man, it's probably not going to be comfortable stepping into the position that you feel unqualified for. But God will equip you. Amen? It's probably not going to be comfortable ending relationships that you may need to end. But on the other side of it, there'll be blessings. It might not be comfortable having the discussions that you need to have in your marriage to resolve issues and get on the same page so that unity is in operation there. But when you get on the other side of it, it's beautiful. You know, there are lots of things that we face in life that are uncomfortable, but on the other side of it, always, always, it's better. And this is how God works. In John 15, he gives us a glimpse of this. Jesus is speaking here, and he says, I'm the true vine, and my father is the gardener. I mean, Jesus says, I'm the connection, but my dad, he's the one that's in charge of the whole thing. So he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Whew! Isn't this fun? Because a lot of the steps that God is leading us into lead to this right here. Now, based on what we just read, what do you think God's desire is? And plan for us as his children is to stay the way that we are or to grow and produce more fruit. Grow and produce more fruit. Right. So you get there one step at a time, but you got to allow the pruning process, not the cutting process, but the pruning process to take place. This right here, I'm telling you, is what's going to make or break you this year. Why? Because having goals that I set and things that I want to help me be productive and to, at least in my mind, see me produce more for the kingdom of God or even in my own life, um, that's one thing. And I can choose to lay down things that I deem important, and I can choose to not lay down things that I deem that are not important for me to lay down. But how many of you know sometimes we like to keep things in our lives that God would rather see go out the door? So if I'm trusting my judgment, I'm probably always going to land in the land of comfort. And I'm probably going to keep some things that might not be destroying me, but could definitely be hindering me in my process of growth. But when I submit to God's process of picking what he needs to be removed from my life, now it's a different story because I'm submitting to his leading. And his, is this hitting this morning? Okay, I'm submitting to his leading and his guidance. 
on what needs to happen and not happen in my life. And so go back 20 years to that moment in my childhood and say, we need to cut that out because it's time for you to produce more fruit and that unforgiveness is keeping it from happening. It's time to allow me to cut out some of this fear in your life and we're going to produce some fruit, but the fruit's going to look like trust in me as you grow closer to me and that trust is going to replace the fear. You understand? I'm going to cut some things out, but I'm going to replace those things with not just productivity, but fruit, fruit, spiritual fruit sometimes that needs to be produced in your life. So as we take these steps one at a time, we've got to allow God to cut the things out of our lives that need to be cut out of our lives. And I get it. Sometimes it's not fun in the moment, but I think sometimes we preach about the not fun part of having things pruned out of our lives. God says, I need that relationship to go. And so we say, okay, it's going to hurt a little bit, but it's time to walk away from that. But what we don't see is what's waiting on the other side of it. Okay, We don't see what's waiting on the other side. He prunes so that we become more productive, so that we produce that fruit, so we give up a counterfeit relationship with somebody to step into the perfect relationship with someone else that he set up for us. You see what I'm saying? So we let go of our fear of finances not being where they need to be, and we put that in his hands, and we allow him to cut that out of our heart and out of our lives, and we step into a, an area of trust and dependence on him where he becomes enough. And it's not about what the provision is, but we're focused now on the provider of all things, and we say, God, you're enough. I'll be content in all things, whether I've got a lot or whether I've got a little, I've still got you, and that means that I've got everything that I need for every moment in my life because you said that I see, if I seek first you, and your kingdom and your righteousness you would provide everything that I need and you would watch over me so I'm not going to stress over that stuff I'm going to step into that and when God knows that he's got your heart like that now he knows that if he's got your heart there's nothing that he can't trust you with because he knows that you trust him completely and so now he can open up a window a blessing on you that he couldn't before because you were focused on the provision and not the provider do you see what i'm saying let him cut those things out and the production and the produce on the other side is always so much more i want to challenge you to grow today church I want to challenge you to take next steps today, and myself included. So today's all about steps, and I think it's kind of irresponsible to talk about something like this without getting practical in some respect to it. So if you look in the seat pocket in front of you, you're going to see a little card that looks like this, and it's going to say, next step, 2022. Everybody go ahead and, and get your little card. We'll take a second. Next step, 2022, and then it says my next step in, and it's got some categories there, and we're going to walk through this because a lot of people intend to do a lot of growing, but they rarely put pen to paper and formulate a growth plan to follow to see those intentions become realities, okay? Um, I, I can look back on seasons in my life where no growth would take place. I I would go from year to year to year to year saying this year is going to be different. This year is going to be different. I'm going to be different. But at the end of the year, I was still the same 
as I was at the beginning of the year because my intentions didn't get me anywhere. And I don't want 2022 to be a year of intention. I want 2022 to be a year of growth in us because I know this, God will always do something in us before he does something through us. And if we grow the way God wants us to grow, then we'll be able to see him move through us the way that he desires to move through us. So look at this piece of paper, and I want to walk you through some things. Now, look, these aren't an exhaustive list, obviously. These are just some things to get you thinking as we're a couple of weeks into this year. What are your next steps? What is the next step in your relationship with God? For you right now, what, what is the next step to get you closer to God? What does that look like? Does that mean more time reading his word? Does that mean more time in prayer? Okay, well, how are you going to get that? I'm going to be able to spend more time in the Word and more time in prayer and maybe more time just worshiping at home and letting God speak to me. Maybe that's going to happen by cutting out TV time. See what I'm saying? Something's going to be pruned so that something can be produced. Okay, well, maybe that means that um, my husband and I are going to swap who watches the kids at what time. Instead of me doing everything in the morning, he's going to step in and help me out so that we both got more time. To, how, how is that going to look? What are the steps to get you closer to God? Not just the intention, but what practically is going to get you there? And look at uh, marriage and family. If you go across to the next box, my marriage and family, what's the next step there? How are you going to grow closer together? What's the step to get you two growing spiritually as a couple in unison the way God's leading in, intending for? What, what are those next steps? Kelly and I are sitting down and, and having these discussions um, in our house and figuring out what I can do to better serve her and what she can do to better serve me. And we come together and we say, hey, here's the next step. I'm giving this to you and you're giving this to me and together we're moving closer to each other by serving one another the way that God intended it to be. And look at personal evangelism. A lot of times this is never on our radar as a Christian. But if Jesus is number one in our heart, then he should be the number one thing coming out of our mouths. Amen? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it should overflow there. So what, what, is, what is the next step in evangelism? And it doesn't mean that you have to grab a blowhorn and stand on a street corner and yell at cars when they go by. But you got family. You got friends. You got people that you work with. You got your children, maybe even your spouse. What, what are the steps that you'll take to let the love of God be shown to them? so that they can see the difference in you. And maybe that's the thing, the big step in your personal evangelism is to get so close to God that people see the radical difference in you and become attracted to it and want to know what's going on. And it gives you an opportunity to tell people about Jesus. What about my discipleship of others? This is something we rarely think of really because we're busy doing life, but not only are we called to win people to Jesus, but we are called personally, not a church program, but personally to disciple others. Everybody say, I'm called, I'm called to, make disciples. to make disciples. So what's that step? What's that step this year? See what I'm saying? Intention is one thing, but writing down steps and taking those steps is something completely different. And there's a lot of room on the back of this card. And the reason why there's a lot of room on the back of this card is because there's more to life than just these boxes, too. You've got professional goals. You've got goals with 
fill in the blank. What are those steps? What are those steps? What are the steps that need to happen so that your life is less pressurized this year? So that you're not overwhelmed by putting too much on the plate at the cost of relationships and family and really at the cost of the the greater picture of the goal that you're trying to accomplish because if you're not there because you're worn out, you can't take the next step to get to that goal. So it's got to be measurable. We can't overwhelm ourselves. What, what are those steps? What are those steps to building in a rhythm of rest in your life so that you're not exhausted all the time? What are the steps to get in better health? There's room on this card for that. What we want you to do and what I want you to do is what I'm going to do is I'm going to write in some things in just a second on this card and start this process for myself. I want to take this card home and I'm going to use it as a reminder as a starting point for how I'm going to grow this year and the steps that I'm going to take. And I know we can write a lot of things in, in the boxes, but here's what I want to do. Before you fill it up, I've asked Pastor Jeremy to, to play softly for a little bit while we just hit pause. Because another thing we do too often, and I say we, and sometimes I mean me, <laughs> is that we get busy with our plans and we don't take time to stop and listen to God. This is what I believe. I believe the Bible is true, and I believe that when we pray, He hears us. And I believe that He can speak to us. Amen? And I believe that in these next few moments that we're going to have here, I believe that God's going to begin to speak to you about these areas of your life. Because I don't want my best plan for the year. I want His plan for the year. I don't want my best step. I want His step. Because I want to move in step with His plan for my life. And I know you guys watching at home right now, or maybe you're listening to this later, and you don't have one of these cards. Find a piece of paper and, and begin to write out these next steps because without a plan, very few things are going to happen. We need to hear from God. What are those steps? Father, what are you asking me to do? Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just ask that you speak to all of us in these moments. It's like the rain's falling down right now, and we can hear it on the roof. Lord, I pray that you rain down the answers on us. In these moments, Lord, begin to speak to us. Father, what, what are those steps to grow closer to you? What are those steps in our relationships and our marriage? Lord, what are those steps in making you known? What are those steps in helping others grow as we disciple? Lord, what are those steps that you're leading us to do? Father, speak to us. We want your plan, not our plan. God, speak to us in Jesus' name. Let's take a couple of minutes while the rain's falling. You guys watching online, don't disengage, but let's just take a couple of minutes and let's just sit in the presence of God and ask Him what those next steps are for our lives. I'm gonna do the same thing here. Let's take a couple of minutes.